Good morning, Super Kicking with Steven fans, your favorite host right here, Greg and Steven, joining you live a little bit earlier. We got some things going on, but it's okay. We're here. We're live for you. Uh, today's episode won't really recap Raw and SmackDown because we got extreme rules, so we might sprinkle in Raw and SmackDown talk with our predictions if we need to, but we will hit up NXT, the latest episode of that. Maybe we'll see if our feelings have changed from week one to week two. We'll also hit up AEW Grand Slam, which happened over two nights. So we had Wednesday night, Dynamite was two hours. And then we had last night was the other two hours. Uh, I believe it was taped on another, on Wednesday night. So uh, actually was not live last night, but you know, not much difference, I thought, in the presentation and all that. So, And then uh, we'll give you our Extreme Rules uh, prediction. It's kind of hard to believe. Extreme Rules, I feel like, snuck up, snuck up on us, didn't it, Greg? Yeah, it did. Um, that's the problem. There's, there's too many pay-per-views. If they took a few out and let the build-up happen more organically, we'd be more into it. And instead of like days like today where you just wake up like, oh, it's a pay-per-view today. You know, there's nothing to look forward to. It just happens. And then next week we got the draft. And like we've said a lot of times, uh, we need to switch a lot of people, you know, to really get guys fresh and girls fresh and get some new matchups. Uh, I think that's why they've just been having people show up on either show, you know, trying to see where guys could fit or just try to throw all of that at the wall because uh, next Friday will be the first night. So SmackDown will get the first night. I'll be kind of curious who does the drafting. You know, normally we, I guess maybe they'll do that again where they have Fox executives and USA executives. And then Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville will just be the main, um, you know, announcers or whatever. Uh, didn't I thought last time they had the robot for Fox sitting in the war room, which I did kind of laugh at because, you know, they have that weird robot thing for the fo- the football and all the right. shows and all that. So, uh yeah, I'm sure that's – I kind of – I don't know, Greg. I liked when it was like Stephanie and Mick Foley and then Shane and Daniel Bryan. I thought that was a fun draft, you know, because you thought, oh, wow, you know, these guys are really th- – but when you just have executive or when you have nothing, you know, really nobody <laughs> um, for the brands because you have Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville in charge of both in a way, it does take away from it. And, you know, I – Hopefully, you know, we kind of get back to that and, you know, we'll see. If, I'm going to assume, Greg, nobody gets called up from NXT. Would you think that's a pretty safe assumption as well from what um, it looks like? Given the formula that they're changing to with NXT, it would make sense to pull up the guys in NXT who are, mm-hmm. you know, the lifers that – you're weeding out their spot. So it would be a smarter thing to do to pull those guys up now. Um, so with timing and everything with the 2.0 switch and, um, you know, the guys who have left uh, the mainstays, it would make sense to have uh, the guys drafted. So I think we will see a couple NXT guys come up. Um, and I was under the impression that from uh, SmackDown that Raw would be the first night. So I could be wrong, but I, th- I thought I heard that uh, Raw was going to be night one and SmackDown was going to be night two. I guess I assume SmackDown because of the Fox implications and all that and network television. So I guess we'll see. And then to kind of go on your, uh, you know, kind of go against your point, I guess then Gargano wouldn't have made sense. It still doesn't make sense for Gargano to be 
champion because I think he could have been somebody to get, you know, even if it's a short run. But like him and Gargano, you think those are the two NXT lifers, and they're kind of going to stay down there. So or Io Shirai, you know, we've mentioned her name a lot. I feel like she might stay down there. So I wonder, you know, maybe some of those middle of the roads, like you said, I know you've talked up LA Knight. That yep. could be a guy, you know, that's probably the biggest name I think I could see. Um, you know, maybe Cameron Grimes. I mean, he, because he feels like that middle of the road where they probably want to use him more. So why not call him up? But you know, women's wise, you know, we, we thought Aaliyah a long time ago, she was traded for Mandy Rose. So now they'll probably give her official home. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think women's like Dakota Kai, maybe we haven't seen her on TV. So maybe she gets drafted. And then other than that, it's really, <laughs> I guess those are the four names I think of Greg is their names you have off the top of your head or, you know, that's where I think it, I think a lot of people just stay and NXT, just because I don't know if there's anybody, you know, we've said Legato a lot, and now that they have Electra, that really changes their dynamic, whether they stay down there, because now there's more miles to run with them. True, true. Um, and you're and you're right. The people that we would check off t- to go up to the main roster are in some pretty hot feuds right now. Um, Legato and Hit Row have a hot program going on right now. Um, loving what they're doing. Um, you can't split Gargano from the way because uh, then you have nothing pretty much. And, you know, you need him to steer that ship. So unless you're bringing all of the way up, which uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And then uh, Champa's the champion, so he's going to need a run. So he's not going to make sense. So um, EO makes the most sense, you know, they're tag team champions, but that's easy enough to, you know, swing over to somebody else and have her come up. Um, she's one of those fits in the Adam Cole mold. She's been in there a long time and she's due to be on the main yeah. roster. So what's taking them so long? Um, so I, I would definitely put her in there. Um, Dakota makes perfect sense because you have nowhere for her to go. Mm-hmm. So... Um, aside from them, um, I really don't know who you choose to to bring up. But if they're doing this whole format switch and all the guys who have been around are going to get slowly weeded out, it's best to give them something, um, you know, worthy of them on the main roster. So, but at the same time, you still need those vets. On the NXT to show the newbies the way. Yeah. So there's that too. And and like with the way, you know, with Candice LeRae being pregnant now, I think Gargano wants to stay close. Right. And who knows where they, you know, I'm guessing he doesn't want to travel. You know, she's she's got time, obviously. But, you know, I wonder if that plays, that obviously plays a role. So, uh, yeah, I like, and Dakota Kai, you think she's somebody, I feel like she's been down there forever. <laughs> I don't remember when, she, you know, it feels like she's been down there for, you know, and Aaliyah, like I said, she was on that first yeah. Breaking Ground show with like Baron Corbin was highly featured. So, you know, Aaliyah's been down there forever. Um, so, yeah, I think now it's time to pull the trigger on Dakota Kai and, you know, the, uh, and, I mean, especially Io Shirai, because I think all the women on the main roster want to work with her. You know Sasha yeah. wants to work with her. You know Bailey does. 
Uh, you know, maybe Asuka could team up with her. You know, Charlotte, I'm sure, wants to mix it up. Like, so, you know, then you got Shayna Baszler, who probably has, you know, has history with her. Rhea Ripley, Bianca Bell. I mean, everybody, <laughs> everybody probably right. wants to work with her. So, yeah, maybe this coming Tuesday, you know, then that's why I would have pulled the trigger on the women's tag team titles. You know, even if you didn't think Casey and um, Kaden or Jaden, Kaden, Jade, whatever, the TikTok girls, as they <laughs> call themselves, even if you didn't fully invest in them, just give them a couple weeks and then you can, you know, or a few, you know, like a month and then find somebody else. But uh, so, yeah, I'll be curious to see. Well, that goes right into our first topic, Greg. We'll just kind of bring up, you know, uh, NXT 2.0. Any changes of feeling from week one to week two yet? Or do you think it's still taking some time for you to kind of get a feel for um, it? It's going to take some time watching the second episode of the 2.0 era. Um, I was happier with it as far as the match quality. The matches were really good. Um, it's going to take a minute for the new setting to sink in, uh, all the odd splashes of color they've thrown throughout the show. Um, on a, for some reason, you seem like you're watching a watercolor color painting, uh, at some times during the broadcast. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, just, just some graphics implanted color thrown in there just to trick the eye or what's going on with that. Um. You know, we, like, we do like that you can see the audience now, uh, see their responses. It's already, you know, started paying off, started last week with, um, you know, the way the last year with the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, they didn't hit us with so many uh, debuts this week or this week uh, because they, they did so many uh, last week. Yeah. But um, I was happier with the show i'm still sitting on the fence about it giving it time but um better than last week for sure and they were and you know we talked about it like i mentioned give guys promos you know they gave the chase hudson guy like yeah uh chase our uh chase university sorry or um and then they gave the little in-ring you know promo from a woman and then even the guy by the, the the New York City Bridge or whatever. So now, you know, they realize, oh, we got to give the viewers who they, you know, we got to introduce these characters. Even though, you know, that first segment, Greg, was we're just going to throw all the men out there and let them brawl, which I was kind of like, you know, I I didn't have too much of a problem because it does show the old and new guard. But it's just like, all right, whatever, you know, we're going to do this again. So, um any thoughts on that first segment, Greg, with Champa, and then just every other? It looked like every other male wrestler they had on the roster just run out there <laughs> to state their case for why they should be champion. And of course, yeah. it was Braun and Champa standing tall because they were setting up for a tag team match. Right. It, it was very uh, basic WWE formula to have the champ come out and then have ten guys come out after him. <laughs> And each in cut each other off in succession, um, and I wasn't happy about hearing Triple H being taken out of power as far as the figurehead, the creative director of NXT, as far as you know, having it being separate from the, the main roster product. Mm-hmm. And with stuff like this, you can see that um, 
at least from what I've been hearing, that Vince and Bruce Pritchard are taking hands-on um, leadership of NXT. And I hate that because I like the difference between the two, which was yeah. very, very obvious. And with this uh, segment and some other things that's been happening lately, you can see that there has been a huge shift from what NXT used to be to what NXT is. And it uh, sounds like those rumors are true with um, you know, Vince and Bruce taking over the direction of NXT. Um, and you can see in the segments. So I didn't have a problem with this segment, especially when my dude LA Knight came out and started chirping at him. I didn't mm-hmm. get enough time to chirp at him. And I am he's definitely the guy I want to see get drafted from NXT. Um, but it was a a decent opening segment. You know, you kind of get tired of everybody cutting each other off and, you know, kind of making the whole thing a muddled mess. But, you know, it was, it was basic WWE main roster stuff on, on NXT. So, uh, it is what it is. It was okay. And like I said, it set the stage for the main event. So, you know, it served its purpose, but. They could have taken five minutes out of the segment and done the same thing. Yeah, and like Triple H's timing of, you know, that uh, cardiac issue they called it he had, I'm sure doesn't help things, you know, because I'm guessing they want to, like, give him all the time to recover and, come, you know, sure. get healthy. So he's probably not even, uh, you know, I saw the rumor that said talent can check in with him, but do not talk business. And it's like, you know, what? Like, can you imagine, like, call, you know, trying to talk to triple H and not talk business. I mean, you know, right. whatever it's like, uh, you know, it's like us in jobs. Like it's sometimes hard to turn off, but anyway, so we'll see what triple H, you know, makes it back. If maybe there's a little change of, you know, guard or maybe, you know, Vince and uh, Bruce lay back a little bit, but I'm assuming, like you said, they're probably more hands on now just because of that issue and, you know, kind of running things. Cause you, you know, I guess you need somebody down there, you know, unless you, it's like Shawn Michaels, I guess, was kind of under Triple H, but, you know, there's some other producers, but we'll just kind of see. Um, Rick, Roderick Strong defeated Kushida. I guess that's a name, Greg, I hadn't thought about. Kushida could be one of the guys get called up because, you know, he he got a little run with the yeah. NXT Cruiserweight title. Looks like, you know, he's got some promo skills. I mean, <laughs> as far as he can. And, you know, I think now he's adjusted to the WWE style. So that's a name that could be thrown up. And that might be why he lost. You know, you know, I think we both agree that Diamond Mine needs to start winning stuff to actually mean something. So the fact that Roderick Strong is the first guy, you know, maybe tag team titles for the men's side of things could be something as well for the, the Creed brothers because it looks like they're going to uh, shoot them to the moon in the words of Cameron Grimes. But uh, good match. And like I said, I think Kushida is a name now that I could see maybe getting called up to the main roster, Greg. Uh, what do you think about Roderick Strong and Kushida going at it for the uh, Cruiserweight title? Yeah, really good match. Uh, really hard-hitting match. Um, and, it, you know, it threw back to the old style, you know, telling the story during the match, letting you get emotionally invested in it, and then – you know, with the whole diamond mind sitting there watching, you kind of knew what was going to happen at the end. But the story they told on the way to getting there was really good. Um, and it would totally make sense to have Kushida 
uh, be one of the guys who gets drafted because, you know, now he's dropped the title, you know, who are you going to feud him with next? And, um, you know, there's a world of possibilities up with him on the main roster. And um, I know the language barrier is an issue, but you you know, you can't really go to Oscar out and just let him yell in Chinese or Japanese on screen. But I like what they have done in the past and really underutilized with the Asian wrestlers. And it's hard to use the word underutilized with WWE in any respect. But when they would have the uh, interview segments and just have the interview segments be captioned so they can speak in their native language, they can be comfortable and we know what they're saying, and it gets the point across, it gets the feeling across, and it pulls us in. And the fact that they're, you know, trash talking in their own language, it pulls you in more because it sounds more serious. Um, so, you know, that's something they could definitely do with him, you know, give him some time to come up, give him some vignettes, and make him seem like a bigger deal. So I'd be all, all aboard for doing something like that with him. Doing that with EO, that's the one person I can think of they utilize that with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes over great. You know, yeah. they put her in a dark room, you know, with a single light on her, let her talk, and, you know, her tone and the captioning all comes together. And it's yeah. great. So, you know, do something like that with Kushida. Do that with EO when she comes up. And they would both kill it when they get up to the main roster. Yep. Uh, next up, Kaylee Ray defeated Amari Miller. Uh, Kaylee Ray just getting another, you know, good win. I think they're all in on Kaylee Ray, aren't they, Greg? Looks like it, yeah. Um, and they need somebody because um, now that really got the the juices flowing with people who who need to come up, you know. You think Raquel I would? I would enjoy seeing Raquel on the main roster. It could be her time, and. They talked enough about Kaylee Ray and her um, record-setting run in NXT UK. Um, she'd be the perfect person to take over and start a new run. Uh, and then you got Raquel against Charlotte, Raquel against, you know, all the giants that uh, really don't stand up uh, stature-wise um, against Bianca, against Charlotte, um, even with Becky. So, you know, I would be all for, you know, calling up Raquel at this point. She's had a good, good reign, probably three, four months, I believe. And, yeah, you know, add some, add some more juice to the main roster because they definitely need it. And uh, I don't know if you saw, Greg, her uh, bow is Braun Strowman, which I did not realize was a thing, but apparently they are a, uh, the newest really? power couple. <laughs> so we'll see. wow that was a that yeah yeah those are that's two names i did not foresee together but uh they've been on instagram together or on tiktok together and like she's making cheesy weightlifting jokes to him and then apparently there was a wedding picture of them together not at not getting married but at a wedding <laughs> i'll pump uh-huh. the brakes on that but yeah so uh <laughs> more more uh lovers in wwe greg I guess that's uh, where we got to go if we want to find her. <laughs> that's right. I knew all along that's where I needed to go to find a lady. But anyways, that's a whole nother story. Right. <laughs> uh, how about Dante Chin? Uh, he debuted. Uh, he is Filipino? Or no, he's, what did they say? I forget what they said. He's the first. 
Malaysian? Thailand. Okay. Thai. Okay. I knew he was somewhere, you know, in the like far east, but um, not a not a long match. He hit that whatever move, you know, at the end, and um, then it was over. So, you know, and then Trey Baxter got to kiss his girlfriend. It looked like Core J in a backstage segment because I believe they're a couple. So, yeah, there's lovers everywhere, Greg, in WWE. But uh, Dante Chin, uh, not a bad, you know, debut with a just impressive look and move there at the start. Yeah, true. Um, that is, and it's not often we can say it, it is the move I haven't seen before. Um, I mean, it looked pretty know, different, so I didn't know how to even describe it. <laughs> right. so. so kudos to him from that. You know, he, he comes to the ring like a Mortal Kombat character, and mm-hmm. um, it's it'll definitely, you know, get some eyes on him. So I'll be interested to see how, he's, how he follows up. But, you know, he looked strong. He looked, uh, you know, like he's got a little something to him. So, you know, keep booking him. Let's, let's That's a good – the Street Fighter uh, or Mortal Kombat was a good uh, way to put it because I was like, you know, I think we always think these guys look like creative wrestlers at first until, you know, like, you, know you really get deep into them and figure out what they can do. Um, next up, so this guy, Greg, <laughs> got a lot of um, mouths talking with his promo and talking about, you know, safe place, safe spaces and the woke and making this a safe <laughs> pace place. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So politics and wrestling have always intermingled. I mean, we might as well admit it. You know, I still remember when Sergeant Slaughter turned on the U S Greg and joined, you know, um, the Iraqi supporters, you know, back when it was him and Hogan going at it. So, Right. And then, of course, we had Muhammad Hassan. I mean, you talk <laughs> you talk oh, about pushing the envelope. <laughs> and then he gets taken out by Hulk Hogan very shortly after. But uh, do you think they're going to go deep into this, Greg? Or do you think with Joe Gacy, uh, Gacy, or do you think they'll realize this is probably a little bit too far and we might need to go a different direction? And by the way, he lost to Cameron Grimes, mm-hmm. which doesn't really matter in the grand scheme, but it's more about his name was mentioned in some newspapers, you know, about if it was too over the line with where they're going with it. So what do you, what do you think, Greg? Is it too over the line or is it, I mean, we know it's a character and I guess that's what I have to think back to, but at the same time in today's culture, I guess you have to be careful, you know, of that. I mean, we've, we've uh, canceled actors, you know, who make comments and then they get pulled for movies. So now Greg, those are real life comments, but this, you know, it is a promo, but it's a fine line to walk, I think. Yeah, um, I would probably have to watch it again because my thoughts on it was, okay, this is corny. Yeah. And it is, you know, I get a little bored listening to him talking about this is a safe place and uh, things like that. Um, I can see how he'd be mocking um you know, a counselor or culture, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and that's the whole thing. I've never been completely into what the woke culture is. So, um, it's uh, I know there's some people who watched it and were up in arms about it, but um, WWE is too bullheaded to see it 
it doesn't work and kill it immediately. And so I think it's going to dry out for a bit longer to see if it catches on, at least with the um, with the fan base uh, in NXT. And because they achieved their goal in separating it, uh, him character wise from the others, yeah. the way he looks and the way he talks and, you know, and doing wrestling his in a, fashion. a shirt <laughs> right. and pants. I mean, he's Baron Corbin esque wrestling in that, right. uh, that gray shirt and pants. But, uh, yeah, I, like you said, I mean, they haven't pulled the trigger away very. I mean, I do think back to the beaver, the cleaver, beaver cleaver character they were going to bring. I don't know if you remember that way back in the day, Greg, but I think that was a one-week thing, and then they're like, okay, even this is too much for us. So you never know, um, but, I mean, it got newspapers talking, and I know you're always about, oh, well, we got a reaction, but if it's getting the wrong reaction from real, you know, real-life media, do you want that, you know, you already have a stigma anyway, you know, let's face it, because, like, we know – this is corny and probably, you know, not worth the time to write a legit, you know, editorial about it or article about it. But outside of our, our small bubble, as we put it, you know, people don't always understand that. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how he kind of moves forward. Um, Electra Lopez defeated Anna Shear. Then of course we had BFAB come out there. I thought Electra looked pretty darn solid and, you know, we'll see if BFAB can carry her weight when they finally face off, unless they just do a, maybe they do a four on four so that BFAB can kind of be protected a little bit and then save the single match for later on. But uh, what do you think about Electra Lopez's first match there, Greg, uh, in NXT? Uh, I was more impressed with Electra's match than I was with BFAB's match the week mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Um, Electra looked really solid. Um, you know, it was a, a quick match, but she looked dominant. She, uh, you know, everything fit with her. And mm-hmm. BFAB's match the week before looked a bit awkward. And she was not as sure of herself as, you know, she is when she's just having a promo or mugging with the rest of um, her crew. So yeah. um, big props to Electra. You know, she looked like a boss. I'm still looking forward to seeing how this storyline carries out. Um, and I see war games happening with these two crews, Legato and yeah. uh, Hit Row, in war games and let it be four on four, leave the women in there and have them all mix it up. It'd be great. Because you could still, like we said, maybe the women don't have to do as, you know, I hate saying do as much. But, you know, maybe they can leave back, leave, you know, leave something left. So um, Odyssey Jones defeated a couple two scrubs. <laughs> but the big story there is Chase. I said Hudson. That's actually Duke Hudson. I can't remember Chase's last name, but Chase University. Uh, and uh, he called out Steve, Greg, for never winning a match <laughs> in wrestling. <laughs> so uh, I took offense to that. Come on now. That's that's my namesake. So anyways, but. Um, Chase and du- and Odyssey will get a little feud going, and uh, maybe we'll have Odyssey Jones crash Chase University classroom one day and uh, get a little get that feud going there. So uh, Odyssey Jones defeating two people. Uh, anything we need to say there, Greg, or just move on to Toxic Attraction, the new trio <laughs> with a new name, right? Uh, 
you know, calling out everybody and challenging EO Shirai and Zoe Stark. I think, Greg, we need to pull the trigger there. And if we're going to call off EO, call up EO, then let Toxic Attraction win. Uh, we already, I think we have a lot of high hopes for Gigi and JC Jane, Greg. So when they get that first match, if it is, you know, this coming week, pull the trigger, especially because the draft is happening, you know, this weekend. So um, do you think Toxic Attraction grabbed the titles right away, Greg? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, they're new, they're, they're hot, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, and they're the new mean girl club. So mm-hmm. let them, you know, roll with it, give them the belts and, you know, leave or yeah, let EO uh, head up to the main roster where she's been long overdue to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Zoe Sark thing is not working out. Um, yeah. You can see they're, they're really. She has no charisma. No, she doesn't. And it, it comes through on screen. And you can see they just have no chemistry. There's nothing that makes you want to like them, uh, unlike RK Bro. And so it'd be better just to split them up and let them go their own way. So all in for uh, Tosca Traction doing their thing, getting the belts, and then carrying that forward. But Neo move forward, and then Zoe can find another uh, rivalry to dive into. Because, yeah, right now I think Zoe's kind of swimming very you know, against the current, as they say, because like you said, there's just nothing there. I mean, the ring work is okay. And it's only, it's, you know, it's still short and her, you know, it's hard to believe it's probably what I think she debuted early summer, maybe, you know, yeah. ish. So it's still early, but you know, we got to get going or else <laughs> she's going to be, you know, losing people by the minute. So uh, then Tomasa Champa and Braun Breaker, of course, beat, Pete Dunn and Rich Holland, you know, we're, we're going to get the Braun and T- Champa, maybe, you know, friendly rivalry for our friends for now. And then um, they'll come to blows soon enough. Do you think we get the match on a TV episode, Greg, or do we maybe save that for takeover for the championship? Yeah. You want to save it for takeover because you can tell or whenever that- the next segment, right. is, whatever next show they have. You can tell that Braun Breaker's really the guy they're highest on mm-hmm. uh, among all the new guys that they've unveiled over the last few weeks. And um, if he's that big a deal, then he's going to be a guy who's going to be on a takeover show. Uh, and now you can hear the Steiner TV voice show. in him too, which is yeah, so funny, Greg. Definitely. Now that we, now that we kind of know, and now I won't stop hearing the Steiner voice because I know that you know. Uh, so that was NXT. Uh, now we'll get the, like we said, Greg, we will get the honeymoon of Index next week. Do shenanigans happen on the honeymoon, Greg? Or do we get an all-out, <laughs> no shenanigans honeymoon? Um, it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, we got an all-out wedding. So now I'm like, right. might just really swerve us and be like, oh, here's their honeymoon. And then just move on. <laughs> Well, it's going to be campy and funny, you know, them, you know, on the beach or. Do we see Johnny know, and Candace like spying on them again? That could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Austin just hiding Austin, in the yep. bushes or, you know, really badly disguised in the cabana two over yes. from them. 
you know, something yes. like that. So yes. yeah, definitely a whole lot okay. of shenanigans. Okay. And so that's are going back to not talking. And um, but yeah, there's there's enough, you know, meat on the bone with Candace and Johnny and Austin climbing around uh, off screen to uh, make it interesting. Let Beth show up there. Why not? Beth Phoenix needs a vacation, doesn't she? So wherever they're where they're at. So um, yeah. So we will take a quick commercial break, get some bills paid for elite performance, and then we'll get right into Grand Slam. And kind of talk those two nights and then give our extreme rules and uh, kind of, you know, move on with our weekend and uh, hope you enjoy extreme rules. But let's do some quick uh, bills paying and then we'll get right into Grand Slam. So let's just get right into it, Greg. Daniel, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, time limit draw. Uh, Kenny Omega, I believe, has been part of the few time limit draws they've had in uh, AEW. This is all set up, we think, for a Iron Man match, I believe, down like maybe full gear. I could see that happening at full gear. But, uh, you know, they pulled out all the stops. I mean, like we said, Adam Cole, I think, needed that tune-up match with Frankie Gazarian, Greg, but Brian Danielson was like, F it. <laughs> I'm going to go full throttle, get the chopped out of the, you know, get my um, my chest chopped to the hills and take every single thing Kenny Omega's got. He's going to take every single thing that I'm going to give him. And they did a 30-minute draw. And like I said, I could see an Iron Man match happening at a full gear uh, in November. So what do you think, Greg? Uh, Brian Danielson's debut match in AW. Yeah, um, couldn't have been better. Um, I was surprised they let off with this. I thought this was yes, the main event. They should have switched it. And absolutely. Um, so I was shocked they started off, but still such a great match. Um, I see why they want to, you know, get you hooked from the beginning. Um, but I was really impressed. Um, you know, we've been watching WWE Daniel Bryan for. All this time, we want to see what the difference would be if he'd wrestle any different, look any different. Um, but this match was a banger. And mm-hmm. again, going to the storytelling, going to working limbs, going to um, using all of the ring, the rampway, the mm-hmm. outside of the ring, they flowed over and through everything. Uh, seamlessly like the the ring generals that they are and they had an amazing match um a draw is fitting you know you can't have a lose coming right in up you know straight out the box and um it shows that he is on omega's level and yeah. he may be above omega's level and so it's going to make us want to see that championship match even more 
and yeah, sign me up for an Ironman match. Absolutely. Um, an Ironman match for the title. Mm-hmm. So it would be brilliant. Um, great reason to do a, uh, you know, a good three hour show with this at the top of it. So um, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. And no shenanigans till after the match, you know, all the, all the shenanigans were saved after. I like that. They really let them tell the story, go at it, you know, move for move, pound for pound, hit for hit. I mean, everything, you know, it just, it was really well done. And like we said, should have been switched. Not that Britt Baker and Ruby Soho wasn't bad, but there wasn't, I think the match didn't live up to maybe what we saw with the promo work. Like, the, you know, it was still there, but we kind of foresaw Ruby losing. And, you know, now it feels like she's got to go back on the line and almost restart, which is kind of a weird way to do it, you know, because she just debuted. But we'll see how they do that. Um, MJ, uh, MJF defeated Brian Pillman. Nothing really with Wardlow there. You know, I thought, you know, in almost, I think they said under 10-minute match, Greg. I thought we might get a little more out of that, but did Brian Pillman look like he belonged with MJF or what kind of feeling did we get there, Greg? It was better than I thought. Um, okay. And it, it made sense to, you know, give these guys more time to um, show there's something really behind the rivalry instead of MJF just smashing him in a few minutes. That's and true. it showed me that, you know, Pillman has got something. He's, He's got potential. Um, you know, it's going to take some time for him, but um, there's more to him than just, you know, being the carbon copy of his dad and wearing the orange and black and, you know, playing up all that. Um, so it, it made me see that he's got he's got some ability. He's got some talent mm-hmm. above what I've seen him do with uh, Griff and yeah. in his singles matches um up to now so i think that's probably the whole purpose of it and i think they achieved that and slowly move him up like we said you know maybe tnt title matches here and there and you know just get him going because he like you said i think there is something there and getting him with mjf is probably a step in the right direction so all right how about this greg malachi black cody rhodes malachi black wins (laughs) with a roll-up and some mist pulling out you know the old mist thing but I think some of the bigger storyline was obviously Cody shoving Arn and the crowd's reaction to Cody Rhodes, Greg. And even on Twitter, the I know Twitter's Twitter, but there's a lot of hate now for Cody. And it's so funny to think just a year ago, Greg, where we were with Cody. And, you know, I maybe they think he's overexposed. You know, now you got the um the reality show. I think people are I don't think people are going to tune into that, you know, honestly, just because they're starting to turn on him. Is a heel turn needed, though? Because I feel like we already got the Young Bucks and the Elite. You got Adam Cole now there. You have Miro. Um, you got Omega. You got, you know, Malachi Black. Um, you know, unless you do a weird tandem of Malachi and Cody, like Cody embracing what Malachi's doing. But um, obviously, you probably need to split up Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes. I think that's. Much need. I always hated the idea that Cody needed a coach. It seemed too sports like, especially with Arn, you know, with a clipboard out there. I'm like, come on, people. Like, this is wrestling. It's not <laughs> ballet, as they say. You know, or he right. even do the whole like NFL coach style where 
you know, he put the clipboard over his mouth to whisper stuff to Cody. Like it's Cody freaking Rhodes, Greg. Like he had, his dad was dusty. <laughs> I don't think he needs a lot of coaching per se to do the ring work, but, and then what about Malachi black using the mist? That's a different, that's a, you know, another Avenue to, you know, aspects are to add to Malachi black. Cause we keep saying, you know, add members to the house of black or, you know, and you know, he keeps having the dark eye makeup. Like what does that all entail? So there's a lot to unpack there, Greg. So uh, start unpacking it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love this match. And uh, it ended the way it should with uh, Malachi winning. Uh, I noticed immediately because it was that obvious that the whole crowd was on Malachi's side, even though he's the heel in the in the mix, and Cody was getting booed out of the stadium. Mm. Um, so the seeds are definitely planted as far as Cody turning heel. Um, and it, the way I see it is this: is that in the beginning, and at least for the first year and a half um kind of felt like we owed a debt of gratitude to cody because we saw that he was really the guy who led the charge into forming AEW. um yeah him and tony and the bucks and without those guys there would be no AEW. so it was a big love fest the appreciation society um and the a tribute to cody for getting it done for you know he left he you know put his neck out there um literally went, <laughs> yeah exactly with the tattoo <laughs> yep uh went the distance to to bring in all this talent and form this new brand and we paid our respects to cody uh for a long time you know to say thank for giving us this the alternative to give us this awesome wrestling and now that honeymoon period is over um so we give him flowers. We, he has gardens and gardens and gardens full of flowers uh, that we've given him. And now, you know, when a guy comes in who's hotter and better, and, you know, like I said, we're probably getting a little tired of, of seeing Cody and his whole kind of self-righteous kind of way that he views himself. And now this reality show, um, you know, it's time to, to step aside and people are letting them hear it. And you can see even during the match that he recognizes it. And like I said, fields of the fire, I think is Cody's heel turn on the fans is, is not far off. So yeah. um, Malachi is just hotter than fish grease, as JR likes to say. And, um, you know, finding another trick to keep the upper hand on the nightmare family. Um, I like the, the use of the black mist. I've always liked the mist um, because it's not an often used trick. Um, yeah. I've only seen a handful of guys ever use it and it always, you know, blows me away. How did they do that? Um, mm -hmm. And because uh, you think so you gotta have it. that in your mouth for a little bit of time. <laughs> like, you know, right. It's not like, especially like Tajiri. Remember Tajiri would just have like, a right. buttload of it. <laughs> like, you know, our, we just got to keep our eyes keen, I guess, on where they're at and what that, but, you know. Right. Um, it's not like they don't talk to me during the match and everything. So, yeah, um, that's true. They're not keeping their mouth closed the whole time. They have to breathe. So, yeah. you know, when it's happening, it, it, it still blows me away because I remember uh, Kabuki doing it, remember Muda mm -hmm. doing it, 
Tajiri. And then uh, when Oscar did it for the first time, it blew my mind because I'd never seen a woman yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's probably because it's probably a really hard thing to pull off. You don't see it. It often should be limited. Yeah. Right. And that makes it even better. So when Malachi does it, you're like, OK, I get it. And, you know, I dig it. So uh, love how that match finished. And, you know, he stays one step ahead of Cody and the fans love it. And it just it adds more layers to what's going to happen next. I guess what's funny with the Cody Rhodes stuff, like, is there times when it feels like he's went over that he shouldn't have? Yes. But with Malachi Black, I feel like he's doing it the right way. And I think that's why it's weird that the fans are so turned on him now. You know, with the Anthony Agogo stuff, we said, okay, Cody beat him. Probably shouldn't have. And I'm sure there's been other times. But that was the most, you know, that was the one I'm like, okay, Cody should have lost that. I think he did lose in that tag team match to QT Marshall or whatever. But Anthony Agogo was the guy, and we haven't seen him back on TV, you know, or even mentioned <laughs> lately. So who knows what's going on with that. But I feel like Cody's doing the right thing. But it seems like the crowd is just like, Okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> like you're not, you know, you're over overexposed is probably the word I would say. Uh, cause yeah. you know, like we said with the whole because I for me, Brady Rhodes always runs me the wrong way with some of her Twitter comments and you know, trying to play a little bit of a martyr in a way, you know, it's that fine line where you know you you're like, Oh, I'm for the fans, but I'm not, you know, I don't need to be for the fans all the time, like outside the ring or stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Brandy Rhodes sometimes has rubbed me the wrong way, but you know, I thought Cody, like you said, if he does a bet on himself, I think AEW still starts. Maybe. Well, that's the thing. Does it? You know, it's because do the Young Bucks right. have that big name to pull in? Does Well, I guess if Jericho leaves, and yeah. But, you know, does Jericho do it because he saw Cody, you know, start it? But, you know, Cody was kind of one of those first people to bet on them. Because, we, you know, the Young Bucks always bet on themselves. You know, they never – Sign with WWE. I mean, they had the chance the most recently before AW, but it seemed like it, like you said, it was Cody kind of leading the charge into that and uh, literally putting it on his neck <laughs> with the tattoo that you know, I you know he got he got over through that because that's when people really were like, oh my god, you just tatted up your neck with your own you know logo. How crazy <laughs> is that? And I thought he kind of swelled that with you know good ring work but now now it does seem like the crowd is and like we said twitter is such a small glimpse into it but you're hearing the boos like live and this isn't like you know boo miro this is like boo we literally do not want to see you right now i mean this is the old go away heat as they call it so that's got to be telling for cody and like you said he but I think he's smart enough to acknowledge it in a way because he changed he changed the way he was working that match, you know, I thought. So, you know, he's a pretty smart guy in the ring and outside of the ring. So we'll we'll kind of see where he's going with that. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen obviously defeated FTR, Greg. Uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, we, <laughs> we kind of called it like we saw it, you know, selling the hell out of it for Sting and Sting getting the Scorpion Deathlock for the win. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's just what we thought, and uh, not a fan, just because I'm done watching 60-year-old Sting in their body slamming, taking bumps, and having these guys oversell for him. I mean, is, mm-hmm. 
60-year-old Sting still hit as hard as 25-year-old Sting? No, but you never know by watching the guys in the ring. So it just takes away from the validity of, you know, the match they're trying to have. So mm-hmm. um, the less, you know, let him do promos, let him walk out with uh, Darby, but please keep him, keep him out of the matches. Yeah, I've, yeah, it's it's kind of funny to think that. Sting is still doing matches on TNT in 2021. Who would have even predicted that? So, and then Ruby Soho Soho lost. Now Jamie Hader got involved, so I guess that does leave a little opening. But do you think maybe Greg we need to not necessarily throw Ruby to the back of the line, but does she take a step back from the title picture? Or do you think she still stays in there, maybe for full gear and gets a one-on-one match with a clean finish? You know, no hater involvement, no rebel involvement or something like that, Greg. Yeah, there's room for a rematch uh, yeah. because we've got a bigger team Brit would get involved in the finish and mm-hmm. they did. Jamie got involved, uh, Reba, Rebel, they got it wrong so often, I don't even know what her name is anymore. Rebel, but, not Reba. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She has her Twitter and, uh, handle, which is funny. Yeah, so there's, there's definitely room for uh, Ruby to come out and go, can you beat me in a clean match? You know, it's enough to have your goons get involved for you, but, you know, one-on-one, can you can you beat me? So, you know, they can cut a promo to insinuate that, and um, it could can, it can lead to a, a gimmick match, like a, or she beats a cage match. Of, or a, she beats one of them, maybe Jamie or Rebel, and then they can't be at ringside. Banned from ringside, yeah. I think that'd be a good way to go. Uh, so that was the first, you know, Dynamite episode. Then Grand Slam, we'll just kind of get right into it, Greg. CM Punk, Powerhouse Hobbs. Are you happy CM Punk is back in the trunks, Greg? Yeah, I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, you know, that, was, that uh, was the big Twitter Twitter feud of 2021 was CM Punk wrestling in pants. Maybe he just wasn't comfortable. I don't know, you know, but whatever. Uh, him and Powerhouse Hobbs, though, I thought put on a really solid match. I think yeah. the little tap at the end was like a legit, you know, hey, good job, Hobbs, <laughs> from Punk. Uh, yeah. When does Punk and Hook go at it, Greg? Um, I think they're saving it because they still have um, Ricky Stark sitting there. Uh, I see that happening before Hook gets involved. They really seem to be uh, waiting with Hook. Um, and the, the longer they wait, the more we don't want to see it. So, um, you know, you still can bring in Starks next, um, have some some beef with Taz, you know, for a couple of weeks on the mic, and then, you know, Hook steps up. So you could drag this out for a couple more months before we see uh, Punk and Hook. And so I'll could Punk do something to Taz? Like, Maybe get a little physical. See, that's the thing. I don't know what Taz's physical. You know, maybe he can't get physical at all. But you almost feel like could Punk do something to Taz to make Hook want a match? You know, really step up to the plate because we haven't seen. I keep forgetting Greg, but I don't think Hook has had a match on Dynamite at least. I'm positive, right? Right. I mean, he he hasn't had a match. Period. He's, yeah, he's I don't really think our zero. Dark Evolution. Okay, okay. And see, I don't, you know, I don't watch Dark and Evolution, so I don't know what, you know, I always watch the ticker to see who beats who, but, you know, I never see who, you know, if Hook, I feel like Hook 
So, you know, talk about a first match like with CM Punk, who would have ever, you know, you dream of that. So that'd be kind of cool for um, Hook to get his first match with CM Punk. Uh, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, the super click now. We got it, Craig. They're, uh, they defeat Jurassic Express. And we now are going to get Adam Cole against Jungle Boy for Dynamite, Greg. That's going to be something to watch because I think that's going to be a good test. You know, we keep putting Jungle Boy in these spots. You know what? I think in a year or two, Greg, maybe even sooner, Jungle Boy will win that title. I feel like they're really pushing him to be the, you know, and that'd be like a home, you know, we can always talk about XWWE. That'd be a homegrown talent. You know, if Hangman's not the first guy, maybe Jungle Boy will be the first AEW original to really get that title. Uh, you know, I know Omega had it, has it now, whatever, but I still think of Omega as a uh, New Japan guy, but he's, you know, like it feels like Jungle Boy would be somebody that, okay, you know, he's other than maybe Nightmare Collective, you know, the Nightmare guys, factory guys, because they're legit, you know, homegrown. But um, so, yeah, Jungle Boy and Adam Cole, uh, we saw shenanigans, you know, Brandon Cutler helping out there, but not a, you know, really good stuff. We thought Adam Cole and uh, the Young Bucks would have a lot of fun in the ring together, and you saw that. Uh, you know, the kiss mm-hmm. on the cheek, which is their big calling card. Uh, and just, you know, Adam Cole, this where we said Adam Cole is in regular season mode now. <laughs> now he's got yeah. that. He got the Frankenstein preseason match out of the way. Now we're going to see, and I think him and Lucha, or sorry, him and Jungle Boy will be just another notch in, the, you know, the regular season for him. And yeah, it. who would have thought, you know, we'd see Adam Cole. I kind of didn't think we'd see Adam Cole in AW, but you know, the writing was on the wall and, you know, here we are. So what about the match, Greg? Uh, any thoughts on it? Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed the match. And um, like I set up uh, Adam Cole and Jungle Boy because, you know, you can tell when they face off that the, the crowd kind of buzzed for it, that, um, you know, you have that, ooh, let's go kind of kind of uh, moment to it. And uh, I agree with you that, that Jungle Boy is definitely the homegrown talent that is really going to be like the first guy, AEW guy, to uh, wear the strap. Um, and the Indies, I've enjoyed his evolution because just thinking back to the first match, uh, the first episode of, of Dynamite, where we don't know who these guys are, and his calling card is that he's the son of Luke Perry. And mm-hmm. You know, old heads like you it was like, okay, we knew Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Okay, yeah, he looks he looks just like him. Um, yeah. But it's he, kind of scary so, how much he looks like him. <laughs> right. I mean, dye his hair black and you know the mutton chops and yep, that's exactly him. <laughs> um, but um, now you know we're away from that. Nobody mentions that anymore. He's he's really coming to his own with his ring work <laughs> and um, how good he is. Um, I'd still like to see him develop his mic skills so he can stand in the ring and hang with Penny and Adam and the dudes who are at the top who are really great on the mic. So I'd like to see that out of him, but he's really grown into, you know, his body, so to speak, as far as um, being a top guy, establish himself as a top guy. So I'm super excited to see how he and Adam Cole go. I'm sure it's going to be in, another great match and this would be another uh 
match I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, 30 minute draw out of, but mm-hmm. um, it it screams super or uh, super click interference all over it. But hopefully that's coming after you know he's got the upper hand on Adam Cole and you know he needs to be saved. So yeah. um, it stays great for for a finish like that. And unlike the next segment we're going to talk about is the men of the year get the win over Jake Hager and um, Chris Jericho, Greg. And then we had um, team top team show up. Uh, was that Masvidal who hit the running knee or who hit the running knee? Yeah. Okay. Masvidal. And then Paige Van Zandt hit the, those little punches. I know I've heard she's a bare knuckle fighter, but those punches, Greg just looks so, I'm like, I'm like, come on, Jericho <laughs> right. could take a few. I mean, she didn't even look like she was close. Like it, it just, I'm like, I'm sure Jericho could take a few punches, you know, like not legit, but like make some contact. I mean, it, she was just like this and then done. And I'm like, okay, but it does feel like Greg, we mentioned this before who was going to step up and do matches. Well, now we got our answer. <laughs> I think Paige Van Zant is slowly making the, you know, the, the wrestling transition. And then obviously Masvidal, I mean, hitting that, I guess it's a running knee or fly knee, whatever they called it. But now who's going to come to the aid of Jericho and Hager, Greg, because it feels like the inner circle. So they're not splintered, but I guess they could come together to fight some of these, you know, MMA guys and then Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. So uh, maybe this is a way to get the inner circle kind of back together. I think Jericho called it more like a New Japan type group where, Yes, they're a faction, but they also do their own thing. And then when the time comes, they get back together. So do you see that kind of happening, Greg? Like top team with Ethan Page and Scorpio against Inner Circle, you know, down the road? Yeah, I, I see something like that happening. Um, I was a little surprised by the um, top team getting involved. Um, yeah. Just knowing their histories and having watched – I've seen all of them in the Octagon um, and knowing that, you know, these guys have the personality of a wet mop. Um, mm, Olavsky okay. and Junior Dos Santos, um, which is most imposing of, of everybody who came down there. Um, the significance of Masvidal and the fly knee was that uh, he had a beef with a wrestler named Ben Askren. Um, they ended up having a, and, um, a UFC fight and Askren charged Masvidal and Masvidal ran at him. It was kind of the, uh, the old superhero thing. They're coming at each other from different sides. And as he was charging, uh, um, Askren went low and um, Masvidal went high, went up, hit him with a flying knee flush on the forehead out cold eight seconds fight over and that it is still a gift you should watch it it is uh, a brutal knockout and um so that happened you know, at the start of the the fight yeah that was that oh, was okay the whole fight. Oh, okay it, it was eight so they're building long. it up and then okay okay gotcha yeah it would take you longer to youtube it than it will to watch it but yes. it is okay now fantastic okay. finish and okay. so that was the significance of the uh, flying knee because that's uh, reminiscent of the same knee that knocked out Ben Askren. So, gotcha. Okay. 
Um, I definitely encourage everybody to go back and see it because it's fantastic. Um, but it, it, as for Masvidal is still in the mix as far as uh, big UFC fights. So I don't think oh. he's going to jeopardize that by wrestling. Um, guys like uh, Dos Santos, they've been kicked out of UFC. Um, okay. Arlovsky has been kicked out of UFC. Paige Van Zandt has been kicked out of UFC. She okay. went to do uh, bare knuckle fighting, and she's lost her first two bare knuckle fights. So I can see her trying to transition into wrestling. Um, her and Undertaker's are practice their soup buns, right? Because <laughs> her punches <laughs> right. look like the Undertaker when he is just like he does those weird, you know. Anyways, but okay, so she's a bare knuckle. Okay, and obviously, if you've lost your, right. you know, so maybe it does sound like she'd be like, okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's try something else, you know, after, yeah, you know, not necessarily failing, but feeling like maybe I need to move on. <laughs> so, yeah, because she's she's not had any success after she got booted out of uh, UFC. She lost her couple, last couple fights in UFC, and then mm-hmm. she's lost her first couple fights in bare knuckle. So, finding something she can transition to she really she makes more money as an instagram model as she ever made fighting so she's fine there but i'm sure she wants to do something physical to make herself feel get that yeah Yeah. so um but the i'm still watching to see where this whole thing is going um that arlaski and dos santos will be kind of the goon squad and who okay. the uh, Jericho and the guys are going to bring in. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you that uh, they'll put the inner circle back together to fight off this new threat because I can't think of anybody from the outside that they can bring in to uh, match up with him. Um, you bring Tyson back? Wise. <laughs> like Tyson, Tyson the, <laughs> the uh, honorary inner the circle honorary member. member. Yeah, we haven't seen um, him on TV since, so yeah. But maybe it sets the stage for some some more debuts. Like I said, uh, I mean, Bronson yeah. Reed doesn't have anything to do right now, mm-hmm. um, and he's a big guy be, that exactly. a good fit for them. Um, and like I said, I still wonder if maybe Jake Hager would just end up turning because it doesn't seem like he'd be fitting more for that whole would, team. Yeah. So yeah. you wonder if that's gonna play a role down the road down the line but uh yeah um the hfo lost to the lucha bro santana and ortiz really good pop for santana and ortiz being back home you know saying they did it for our ortiz i believe or say forget which one said they did it for their dad who they lost sometime last year um really cool i like the face paint and yep. you know just a baby face win there greg our typical eight-man match where you know, it feels like the baby faces always get the win. Uh, any thoughts on that match or, you know, should we keep plugging ahead? Yeah, um, just good match. And, um, you know, team Lucha Bros forever. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all these to be said there. Uh, Anna J lost to Penelope Ford thanks to the Brass Nucks. Really, the aftermath was where everything went down because you had – you know, the HFO show up. You had Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander show up. You had the Dark Order show up. Anna Jay thought the Dark Order was going to shake hands because um, Alex Reynolds put his hand out. Cole Cabana looked like he wanted to, but we had Evo Uno and Stu Grayson leave. 
So yet again, <laughs> we are not putting the Dark Order back. You know, there's still the splinter there. So, and also we have Jack Evans versus Orange Cassidy, hair versus hair, Greg. So sorry for those lovely locks of Jack Evans, but they will be gone on Dynamite <laughs> next week, Greg. Because I, because like Orange Cassidy, he doesn't really have much. You know, he's got some hair, but like if he shaves that look, you know, he shaves the main part. He, I don't think it looked that different. So. Uh, sorry, Jack Evans. Like your, your hair is gone next week. Cause yeah, <laughs> obviously Matt Hardy's not ready to put his, his lovely locks up. Cause I'm guessing Matt Hardy is slowly, but surely losing his hair. <laughs> so I don't think, right. I don't think Matt Hardy's ready to, to go the, the shave route yet. But anyway, so a lot there with, you know, the dark order, um, Anna J and take Con- or sorry, Ty Conti will fight Penelope Ford and, uh, the bunny at uh, Dynamite this Wednesday in a tag team match because you know these four women, Greg. Uh, I feel like they're they're doing WWE thing with them. They're just all they all keep going after each other. So I'm guessing we'll have to get something with the brass knucks. Like there'll be some stipulation attached there. I'm not gonna say on a pole, but you feel like there'll be something <laughs> because the brass knucks yeah. keep getting involved. So whatever direction you want to go, Greg, because <laughs> there was a lot. It's once again where W or AW throws everything at the wall and doesn't feel to let anything breathe. I feel like with all this happening, so yeah, it's um, just a different angle than what we're seeing with the title picture and um, but sending you know different women in different directions, kind of uh, digging that because they're mm-hmm. so distinct from each other. Um, yeah. I like what's going on with uh, Thunder Rosa and Jade and uh, Nyla, Nyla over here. And I'd even and bring that we, up because that was a good little promo. Yeah. And then these four right here, the whole Brad Knuckles thing and the return of Anna Jay, they're doing their own separate distinct thing over here. And then um, the championship picture and the people involved over there with ruby and Britt, and then whoever else they're going to have in the championship picture so they got three rings of uh action going on that is mm-hmm. clearly just distinct of each other so mm-hmm. um it it seems like a jumbled mess but you know it's um giving us something different unlike yeah. wv where everything looks the same so yeah that's true um it's it's a different angle, you know. Women who are fighting a harder style style of match, a heavier style of match, and um, you know, getting the weaponry involved. You don't see that often, um, at least often enough for me, because you know, you and I know women are cattier than men, and they probably fight dirtier yep. than men. So oh, they fight um, dirtier. I've heard for <laughs> right. many times that women fight dirtier. I'm, I exactly. don't want to fight a woman. <laughs> nope, nope, do not. And, you know, having some brass nuts involved, yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see how they how they work that in and how it's going to be used. So I'll be watching those matches. Um, I but the hair this versus match. hair thing is just so dumb because it's not like we know Jack Evans for his hair. I mean, yeah. Matt Hardy, like, I feel like you've got to do the hair versus hair for Matt Hardy down the road. And yeah, if exactly. Matt Hardy, you don't necessarily have to shave it off, but maybe you cut some of, I don't you know, <laughs> but those shears Matt Hardy pulled out, I was like, shoot, that will cut a few inches off. Like, 
those almost looked like you know some serial killer type scissors he pulled out. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, women matches. Like, like, and the women like the hair versus hair thing is big because a lot of women are known for their hair. You know, we know women right. for their hair. You know, like when Molly Holly lost her hair, like that was a big deal. You know, so you know, but men versus men, like a uh, hair versus hair for men, I'm like, eh, unless you know, it's like AJ Styles maybe. <laughs> he can, you know, losing his lovely locks would be interesting to see. Um, that you know, I, I, I be, women always joke they're like, whatever conditioner he uses, they need he needs to share or be a sponsor <laughs> for it because his hair's especially what was it, the WrestleMania where um, it was outside and it was like a moment's like the hair was just literally flying, like it looked like something out of a movie, like it was almost a fan was there, it was just it was just natural as the wind, <laughs> the wind blowing his hair, but uh. Way too much hair talk there because yeah. we're going to get into the – go ahead. Well, I was just thinking it's, it's different with Orange Cassidy involved, though, because that's all a part of, you know, the cool factor with him. That that's he, true. I mean, he does do that it, that one little – yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, you know, he figured, you know, Fozzie wears an Orange Cassidy T-shirt. You know, that's how cool he is. Um, mm-hmm. And so picturing Orange Cassidy bald – would would definitely take away from some of that cool some of that swag um that he has so it does give you some um you know like kind of feel for him a little bit yeah some sympathy uh how underhanded matt hardy and the hfo are Mm -hmm. if by some hooker crook they managed to beat him in this hair versus hair match and you know we all be crying a little bit for orange uh, as he gets his head shaved, so <laughs> right, that's right. True. Nobody wants to see that. So, mm-hmm. but that's that's part of the whole attraction of it. And uh, I like what Matt Hardy's doing as far as, um, you know, he's being the uh, the carnival barker, the sleazy car salesman, all in one, mm-hmm. and making it sound like okay, you want it, you know, your hair against Jack's hair, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jack caught off guard. His reaction is priceless. Like, yes. No, not my hair. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're this is what you signed up for when you got with the HFO. So, um, you know, sorry, Matt or Jack, but uh, those those long locks are off. So, at least if the maybe if a, maybe his big ponytail part, maybe they'll just, you know, snip that off and let him still have some some hair left. But we'll kind of see that. Uh, finally, Suzuki Gun, which was Lance Archer. And um, Miro Suzuki going against John Moxley, Eddie Kingston. Homicide made a debut. I don't know if he's that was a one-off break for him. Uh, that's that's an LAX thing. I, that's why I was surprised he didn't debut with um, Santana and Ortiz because he was with them too for a little bit. If I'm yeah. correct in a- Impact, so um, yeah. you know I'm guessing New York City. He wanted to you know debut and maybe he's making a run back, um, but. Uh, this match obviously does not count because it's unsanctioned. We had Moxley uh, win. Or sorry, who got the win? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Moxley. He had Archer, Moxley. Sorry. Yeah, my fault. I was like, okay, I couldn't remember. But anyway, so, um, yeah, everything was pulled out here. There was tables, kendo sticks, trash cans, um, you know, Eddie Kingston bashing the hell out of that trash can at the end of the match. You know, they did, they did have <laughs> – Archer pulled to this the wrong camera angle, I thought, because you could see Archer like leaning away from all the shots. I was like, 
no, turn it back around, you know, turn back around, Lance, <laughs> like you're, you're facing the wrong way. But, you know, anyways, so just little things like that. And uh, Homicide, do you think Homicide is going to be a, you know, is he going to, is this a one-off or do you think he's going to maybe do some stuff with um, Kingston to get Moxley some singles run? Or, you know, what about that, Greg? Um, I can see him fitting in in a couple places. Um, it, it would make more sense that he gets in with uh, his LAX buddies. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Santana and Ortiz. And then they could go after the elite because they're outnumbered. They want to try to go after the elite. Yeah. Um, I don't see them challenging the Lucha Bros for a while because they have their little mutual respect um, society going on right now. Um, and then if they're going to get into the war with the American top team, then that's another number they can use. Yeah, um, that's true. I feel like it is a one-off thing because of the New York connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's places for him to fit. So um, I can see him in there with Eddie Kingston and Moxley just because he fits the uh, um, the tenor that they've set with their style. Um, but also he fit into the inner circle for the same reason. Yeah. And then Moxley and um, Suzuki were still fighting when the, when they went off air. So I guess we're never going to be done with that feud, Greg. They're going to, they're, they are going to take the words fight forever and just literally fight forever. So um, one more piece of news. I don't know if you saw this, Greg, but Christopher Daniels showed back up in impact wrestling as the fallen angel. And I was thinking, well, if he's, you know, he's obviously at the end of his career. It makes a lot of sense to finish up at Impact. You know, do a small yeah. run there, you know, maybe the next year or so. Um, if they still do their Hall of Fame, he probably should go into that and then, you know, mm-hmm. be done. I, I think they still do the Hall of Fame because can, can Shamrock go in it recently or somebody like that? So, you know, it was kind of interesting to see um, Christopher Daniels show back up in Impact as the fallen angel, because that was his big deal there. So um, were you watching impact when he was doing that, Greg, or was that a little bit before your impact wrestling days or any crossover there? Uh, I didn't watch the recent stuff with uh, impact, um, Okay, but I did watch original uh, fallen angel, Chris okay. Daniels okay. when impact was a thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, saw some great matches with him and Kazarian and you know the ram multiple Mojo. groups uh yeah um okay so in it yeah it does make sense that he goes back to impact to finish his career off come full circle um i've always enjoyed his ring work his um his charisma his um his promo st- uh, skills so it's it's fitting that he goes back and you know finishes out there Cause they had a little promo for him. Like he put it out himself and it showed him like training to come back. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And then Thursday night he showed up in impact. Um, I forget who he was with. I'd have to look that up, but anyway, so um, yeah, but anyways, good for, you know, good to see him back. Uh, I mean, it looked like he took a couple hard shots there. Remember at the end with his eyes. So I'm glad that that's all cleared up and he's able to, you know, finish off the way he wants to. So um, yeah. we're going to do one more commercial break for rogue energy, Greg, and then we'll get right into extreme rules. Uh, you know, some interesting matchups that 
could tell where things are going to go for the draft or maybe feeds will carry over. So we'll kind of see where things go for Extreme Rules. ready to give you our extreme rules predictions and um, we'll kind of just get right through it and tell you what's going on with extreme rules. I think first off, Craig, Liv Morgan versus Carmella is the match that Carmella needs, or sorry, Liv Morgan needs to win. I know she just lost to Selena. By the way, congrats, Selena, Greg. Her first <laughs> win is coming back. One and 25,568, I think it is. I don't know. But anyway, so... That uh, makes me think that Liv Morgan gets the win over Carmella this Sunday. And I think that'd be a good opening match, you know, maybe second or third match to let Liv Morgan get that win. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, even if she keeps feuding with Carmella, let her get this first win to knock that under her belt to say she has that. Uh, I think there's big things for Carmella or for Liv Morgan, you know, happening. So uh, do you agree, Greg, with, Liv Morgan going over, or are you going to pull the trigger on Carmella picking up the win? I agree with you. I think uh, Liv Morgan should win the match. Um, she's done uh, kind of yeoman's work as far as being able to, um, you know, stay the course. And uh, she's had some, some better matches, even though, you know, she had a little, got a little sidetracked with this. Uh, match on Friday, but um, you got to get someone somewhere for her. Um, so, you know, giving her a win right here on a pay-per-view, you know, raise her stock a little bit, and, you know, you want to raise as many props as you can before the draft happens. So, mm-hmm. um, it would be, definitely be a big feather in her cap if she can go ahead and, and beat Carmella. And her only, I think they said second pay-per-view match, <laughs> like as a singles I'm thinking maybe tag team or whatever she wrestled. But, uh, yeah, Uh, Street Profits and Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This one I go back, like, I know there's going to, you feel like there's going to be some screwy finish that's going to, the Usos are going to retain. I'm going to call the Usos to win and retain. But I feel like there'll be a finish that keeps the Street Profits in the tag team title hunt. I feel like both these teams stay on SmackDown. They kind of keep them there. Um, but uh, what do you think, Greg? What's, what do you got for this match? Usos are Street Profits. I am going opposite. I ain't going to call this for my boys, the Street Profits. It's uh, okay. tape back season, and it's time to tape back those titles. Um, I can see them uh, winning this clean. Uh, but I don't see Roman getting involved. I don't see Paul getting involved. Um, this is one of those 
good 20 minute matches that, uh, you know, has some great false finishes, but I think uh, Montez from the heavens is going to get it done. And he got to a really good match against Roman last night. I think that's very telling Greg too, that he got a singles match against Roman. I think that really sets up for where they think Montez. I feel bad for Angelo because that means he'll be the Marty of the tag team, but you know, <laughs> right. good job for uh, Montez because he's going to next year. It should be interesting to see, you know, maybe next year, maybe at this time, Greg, where Montez is positioned because I could definitely see him in a higher rung sooner rather than later, you know? So yeah. I think Montez um, has it all. He's got the look, he's got mm -hmm. the ability on the mic. Uh, he's got the ring ability and when I saw that that was going to be the main event, I was hyped for it. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm usually not big on the uh, the main events lately, but yeah. uh, this guy has all the tools, and I think he should uh, wear the championship uh, at some point in his career. He he's got everything that they want. Um, so I was very happy to see him get that match. It was that match delivered. Um, he's not ready yet, but he's on his way. Yeah, let him and Bianca, you know, both capture titles at around the same time and be those baby faces that you can share with the media, you can share wherever you need, and the crowd will eat it up, I think. So yep. uh, that'll be kind of interesting, you know, like we said. In due time, he's going to be up there. Uh, Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy versus Damian Priest. I'm going to say... Damian Priest picks up the win over Jeff Hardy, you know, gets pinned Jeff Hardy. That keeps Sheamus and Priest going at it if they need to, Greg. Uh, who do you think Damian Priest will pin? Because <laughs> we don't, you don't, you're not going against him, are you, Greg? Um, not yet. I still think Damian Priest. But wait, is Jeff Hardy win. does deserve more, though. He does, but he, he's in his get back mode. He's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Been there, done that. Just won all the ships, um, and now he's he, he going to help get the young guy over with uh, with the priest. Even though, literally, priest is not young, but yeah. WWE wise, he's you know. Still Isn't that the craziest thing? The like team. my mom looked him up, and she's like, "Oh wait, Damian Priest is like forty something." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> like he's <laughs> he's he's not a kid." Like the, you know, but anyways, so yeah, you got essentially a few good years that uh, Priest is going to have. So um, I think Priest definitely gets over, but he gets over by pinning Jeff and, you know, you keep the Sheamus thing going. Yeah. Um, we also have Becky Lynch, the SmackDown Women's Champion against Bianca Belair. Once again, I feel like something happens to keep Bianca in the title picture. I think both these women need to stay on SmackDown as well um, just to keep this feud going because I kind of feel like it's a good one that could go in hell in the cell. And maybe finish there. So I'm going to say Becky wins, but there's definitely a hook to keep us thinking that these two need to go at it. So uh, that's my call for this match, Greg. How about yours? I agree to an extent that um, Becky will still have the, the title by the end of the match. However, the reason is not because Becky beat Bianca, but because Sasha Banks makes a surprise Who? appearance. Who? Right. Is she still <laughs> exactly. around? Exactly. And she's going to pop up out of the woodwork 
wear them both out, and now we have a three-girl scenario going yeah. on. And then, you know, in the big, the next big show, you have a triple threat with uh, Sasha back in the picture. So I'm calling my shot that this is where uh, Sasha Banks comes back up. And now, to be fair, years. Greg, we have called the Sasha Banks shot. How many weeks now? <laughs> we're, I think we're, we're, we're starting to lose our straws on that. But unfortunately, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you gotta, you got to feel like there's got to be something to kind of keep. Because like, this is feel like it's moving towards Hell in a Cell. I almost wonder if Street Profits and Usos could go in Hell in a Cell too. I feel like that'd be a good one. Um, yeah. I guess, you know. But I probably want all the matches in Hell in a Cell, but that's another that's another story. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss. Um, shenanigans, I think, in this one. Charlotte keeps the title. Charlotte wins. But somehow, Alexa still stays strong. I do wonder if we'll get a, a playground-style match on Raw. You know, maybe that is your hook to watch Raw. Maybe not this week, but next week or something, you know. I feel like these women both stay on Raw, but you know they've been so highly featured on there. I think it makes sense to keep them on there. So, how about you, Greg? Uh, any thoughts on where they might stay after the draft, or you know, how does this match all shake out? Yeah, in the end, it still ends up with uh, Charlotte with the title. Um, I don't know. Alexa feels like she's losing some steam. Mm, um, okay. as far as you know, her her pops and the way people are responding to her. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you read the article that I saw that showed uh, it said there was a mass exodus of people at the Raleigh show. Yeah. Um, did you make it to there? By the way, we never did ask you. No, work got in the way, yeah. and uh, okay. I couldn't go. But um, I read that uh, it said something like fifteen hundred people left during the segment with the left charlotte and but that i think now i want to go against that because how do you really know right how many people leave i don't you know whatever like i i'm not trying to say it to, like it's one of those things like when we went to wrestlemania 30 i did see people leave after undertaker lost and they didn't come back but it was you know like how do you really determine a number because yeah. you're you're in the building and they keep track of that. It's not like they're going to count who's left afterwards. So the, the 1500 number, I thought like it's Meltzor. He always says like, you know, well, I just think blah, 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 that this could have blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, dude, like, and Alexa went after him. I know her. She, like, yeah, she did. She wasn't holding back. She put a couple of tweets saying like, you know, and I get it because you got to keep reinventing her to keep the steam, you know, like, like you said, is she starting to lose that steam because there's a shelf life to this? You know, we don't have Bray there to fall back on. Uh, you know what? And what's going to get her back to herself? Yeah, <laughs> that's you know you're going to have to write her off somehow and show her back up, almost like it never happened. Or she could do the old. Uh, it was all a dream. <laughs> you can pull the old <laughs> right. uh, Who Shot Jr. Uh, New Heart episode. You know that. Yep. You know, click. The movie Click, they did that, so you know that might be the uh, the old hook that they pull us into that. But yeah, I saw that. I saw that notice, and I'm like, people could have left, sure, but I don't know how you would have gauged that was 1,500 people because that's a good, you know that 
that seems like you'd be able to tell, you know, 1,500 people left. Right. When they still knew that you were getting Bobby Lashley, Roman exactly. Reigns, and Big E going at it. So, eh, I took it with a grain of salt myself, Greg. That's just how yeah. I took it. Yeah, I did too. It, Some, and when and, you read his report, sorry, go ahead. No, I say, especially with that um, waiting for you on the other side of the segment that uh, you're going to get that triple threat at, as a main event, you know, why in the world would you leave? And it's, it's like, uh, if you go to a football game and, you know, the, uh, other team's fans start walking out, you can, you can tell, you know, there's all the, uh, the other teams, people buy, and, but yeah. you can't sit there and quantify how many of them are leaving. You, you can see, um, you know, maybe a group here, a group there, but um, enough to say, okay, over a thousand people left during this segment. I didn't think visually it looked like anything was that gone, personally, like visually. But then again, right. we always see, you know, that small bowl of, you know, crowd for the camera. But yeah. Or, you know, like you that wasn't there the, um, the Giants football game where fans wanted to come back in. Because their team was starting to come back, I think that would happen once too, <laughs> or somebody's football game. Like I remember, like fans were trying to get back in, or Nets game, or something. Like there was some weird game, but yeah. And like you know, some of Metler, Metzler's reports are always like, "Well, I don't have official notice on this, but I'm just, I'm just guessing." <laughs> it's like, so that's all you know. Like we're, you know, we're guessing all the time too. So we could just say, like we said, Greg, Sasha Banks going to return, <laughs> and if she does, then yep. we just say we're right <laughs> because we said it. But anyway, so uh, and finally, Roman Reigns versus the Demon, the only match, Greg, <laughs> that has any stipulation like extreme rules. So they better pull out the kitchen sink here. Uh, I do think we pull the Brock Lesnar card. I don't know. Does he take out Finn? You know, so he like Roman keeps the title, or does he take out Roman? Maybe Finn tries to pin it, like. I don't know where Brock Lesnar comes, but Brock Lesnar is coming at Extreme Rules at some part and lays out Roman, I think, somehow. Is that what you see happening? Yeah, um, I think Brock gets involved for sure. Um, I don't know, before, after, during? <laughs> that's the thing is, is that um, they've really leaned in heavy that, you know, the Demon's undefeated and it's you know the perfect setup with uh brock in the wings and who does brock take out or does brock just take out both of them and we have a no finish but it's hard to have a no finish and that keeps demon still strong right uh that being said it's hard to have a no finish in a match where anything goes so i mean um if he lays them both out so that you know they can't proceed anymore it's is the only way to save them both. Um, and then you just do the match on SmackDown. Like, you almost have to do, like, do you maybe bring up the Demon for SmackDown, or do you just give Finn a rematch at SmackDown? Because I feel yeah, like Finn's going to stay on Raw, or on SmackDown. I feel like Finn wants to be on SmackDown, and I think they'll keep him there. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about it after um, that match was over, and... I was like, well, okay, what are the odds that um, Demon wins? 
Mm. And Roman goes to Raw because Raw is the flagship. Raw is dying in the ratings uh, compared to SmackDown, even yeah. compared to AEW. And they could use Roman's star power to resuscitate Raw, uh, even at the cost of the bloodline. Um, however, the bloodline is, this whole storyline is so strong that, you know, why mess with it? You got to uh, think Fox has a say in that too, that maybe they yeah. want Roman on Fox, you know, right. I'm guessing, you know, there's now there was some reports, you know, Fox is very unhappy, but there was a dinner and they talked out things. It's like, okay, <laughs> like these reports that come out, I'm just like, okay, whatever. But yeah. So, and but, you know, and then of course the Roman Brock thing, like you got to, yeah, you and, know, I don't know. Like, I don't know who could go to Raw, like, because even some of the ratings fell in the third hour for that match. So it's weird that, you know, we had that triple threat match with all champ, you know, two champions and Lashley and still wasn't as strong as you would have thought. So, um, you know, but then again, they even said AEW's ratings didn't seem to hit where they thought it could have hit. So are people just not watching TV? You know, are people catching wrestling like, like, like I caught Rampage today, and does that doesn't play into a rating because I'm mm. watching it the next day or watching it later. So, you know, I don't know about like I. This is a whole other discussion about TV ratings and all that because I don't get into them and I don't know what they like. I don't know what TV ratings mean in the grand scheme of things. That's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's. Dollars, pretty much, you know, the yeah. ratings equal dollars for the for the company, um, and they do like seven day um, ratings for people who DVR'd it and watch it later okay. and things like okay. that. They have a way of tracking that, um, so I'm sure it all figures in. Um, the problem is with the uh, the streaming that may be more difficult to to quantify. Yeah, like what if you watch it on an app? Like I watch it. On, a, on the app, like I watch a USA app, and I don't know if that plays, because the Nielsen ratings always are through your TV is what my understanding is. Like, yeah. you sign, you know, so you know, you would think some of these apps would have that by now, now that streaming is such a force, but, um, right. well, that's extreme rules, <laughs> so we kind of veered off the, the neck of the woods there, but, uh, yeah. But uh, any last no contest for the, uh, yeah. And I can see that because of rock and then kind of keeps it open. I mean, maybe you do hell in the cell, you know, for Finn and Roman, you know, kind of, you know, even though I think I need to check. We, I guess we need to see when crown jewels happening and when extreme or when hell in a cell. Cause I believe hell in a cell is the next pay-per-view, but then you also have crown jewel happening in the middle of the month. So, um, yeah. Anyways, but that's uh that's all we got, Greg. Any uh last thoughts before you uh need to head off here? Yeah, um I'm excited because I'm going to uh it's bought a ticket for Fozzie. They're gonna be here at oh, okay. the uh, <laughs> October I think it's October first. Okay. And uh oh, that's, ne- that's Friday then. Okay, yeah. good. Um, and I think so they're here tomorrow and- or Monday for us. I believe so. I have not pulled the trigger though, Greg. I don't know if I will. If you're going, I'll just might live vicariously through you. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> Take a video of uh, Judas and share it with. 
Yep, it's twenty bucks, and then the uh, VIP experience is at twenty five bucks. So I was like, okay, how can you? Oh, you got that? the VIP, okay. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how that all goes. To actually, get to stand there and, and talk to you, talk to uh, Jericho, and I will be uh, happy to report back this time okay. next week. So you, I, yeah, you have to tell that us that is. I've met, I have met Jericho. I will say that he was at a World of Wheels. So, because World of Wheels every once in a while gets like, I've met Roman there, I've met Daniel Bryan there, I've met Edge there, and Jericho. Um, so those are my four big meet and greets at World of Wheels, which is a you know big car show. I always joke, I'm like, I'm going to a car show, and then people are like, oh, you're going to look at cars? I'm like, nope, I'm going to meet a wrestler there. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> so that's why I keep waiting for Kurt Angle. I'm like, isn't Kurt Angle due for one of these World of Wheels? Like, He's that he's that perfect fit for them because he's done wrestling. He's, you know, still a big name though. And that'd be somebody I'd like to meet, you know, kind of at that or um Stone Cold though, Greg is ultimately my my um my holy grail. Like I want to meet Stone Cold somewhere. I can uh, meet him okay. in a parking lot, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I'll be that stock. No. Um yeah. So anyways. All right. And uh who do your chargers got this week? We got Kansas City. Big, big uh, matchup this week. Off a loss, against Mahomes, right? Because right? they lost Both the, teams. The, the Ravens last week. Yeah, and we had a heartbreaking loss to the Cowboys. Oh, where, uh, uh, Greg the Leg. That's right, Greg the Leg. <laughs> it's hard to beat the Cowboys and the refs, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. but, uh, <laughs> I think when they got back to the locker room, there were some fat envelopes. Uh, <laughs> waiting for him just off the way that game laid out in the end. Um, just saying, not salty, but salty. It sounds um, like you're salty. They, they, <laughs> you're this, you're being the salt bay right now, Greg. You're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys got away with one. I'll just say that because it shouldn't have happened the way it would But anyway. Well, Mike Colt's um, got the Titans in Nashville. Um, what's funny is I think Houston lost. So if we could beat the te- or we could beat uh, the Titans tomorrow, we would be in first place with a record of one and two, which oh, sounds so funny to say. But um, who knows who the hell's playing quarterback? I might go out there and lace it up for them because you know they're bringing in every up. You know they're saying Brett Hundley could start for us. They're saying Carson could still start for us. They're saying maybe even Jacob Eason. So oh you know I'm just gonna put myself <laughs> on the roster now too, Greg and. Uh, say that I am questionable for the Colts tomorrow at starting quarterback in Nashville. So uh, I got to jet out of here to get down there so they can put me in coach. But anyway, so I don't know what the hell to, you know, this season, like, like we said before, showing up on hard knocks, like, you know, by the time that maybe we could go live, it could either be (laughs) off the rails or it could be maybe like a, a small playoff push. I feel like it's going to go either way. You know, I don't think, you know, I don't know if he'll be eight and eight or whatever, but um, yeah. So, yeah, all right. Well, I was, I was like, <laughs> yeah, hard knocks has did. been a big jinx for whoever's been on it. That's what it feels like. Yeah, well, just don't put us on the Madden cover, I guess, um, if that's <laughs> still a thing. So, all right. Well, Greg, you have a good day today, and uh, we'll talk to everybody next week with get all caught up on Extreme Rules and I believe night one of the draft because I I'm almost positive they said Fox is starting the first night, so. Um, yeah, we'll kind of, if not, then we'll talk up the draft 
the week after. <laughs> we, well, we'll have to anyway because I'll be raw. So, yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see where the draft all unfolds, Greg, uh, next week and early the week after. So uh, keep it real and keep it tight, as they say, on up, up, down, down, uh, which might be hitting the bricks pretty soon, unfortunately. So uh, thanks, AW, for getting chugs, as they say. So <laughs> have a good evening and uh, enjoy the day. Take it easy. Peace.